Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. We'll open our Bibles to the book of Genesis, the first chapter, the 26th verse. After God had created the birds, the beasts, the cattle, creeping things on the earth, the day, the night, separated the seas from the land. In verses 26, the Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. Over all the earth. If you read that from the Amplified Version, let us make man, that is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, in our own image and likeness, and let them have complete authority. I wanted to emphasize that. He said, let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the ten beasts, he says, over all the earth and over everything that creepeth upon the earth. I want you to underline that. Over all the earth. Let them have complete authority. Complete authority. Complete authority. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, one of the most misunderstood concepts when it comes to the church today, is who man is. Who is man? Well, we all give different opinions about him. Unfortunately, some of the opinions we give are of the fallen world. They're not according to what God, who made man, has said. It is so powerful to think that when he said, let us create man, he said, in our image and our likeness and because man is created in the image of Elohim that is father son and the holy spirit and in the likeness of God he is given complete authority because he is made or created in the image of God what a powerful statement I want to take you through a conversation today over this. If we have complete authority over the earth, what does that look like? What does that look like? Recently, the Spirit of the Lord was sharing with me just how sometimes we have ignored what man is able to do what man is able to do. Now I'm going to come to you, believers. Let me first define the person, man. Born again or not? 
spirit filled or not, tongue speaking or not, God has put such an indescribable possibility in the spirit of men. They have built things in the sky. They have built things under the earth. They have built things on the earth that are amazing. They have invented ideas and opinions on life, theories, and inventions that are amazing. Man has done things. They have explored beyond the earth. They've gone to the moon and back. They have gone under the sea by the thousands and thousands and thousands of feet in submarines. They have explored the farthest places and now they're exploring different planets. It's amazing what humanity can do. It's amazing the ability of a man. Now, I'm not yet talking about the born-again Christian. I'm just talking about man. Somebody shout amen. Look at the science in the world. Look at the mind that made the mobile phone. How did they design the waves that are not seen with your physical eye? Look at artificial intelligence. Look at robotics. Look at blockchain technology. Look at the internet. Look at the communication platforms in the world. Look at the industries in the world. The inventions of steam engines. Electricity. What power that has done to the world. Look at the inventions in medicine that are outside, without. The world has invented things and all of this is within the image and likeness of God. Yet, when or if they are not born again, they are a fallen nature. They are creating greatness in vanity. Somebody shout amen. And so my eyes started to walk around the things that I have known to be invented, innovated and built and made by man. And I could not help to be amazed at how God has made us. We have tamed everything. Humanity can tame any creature in the world. We have pushed our possibilities this mind is still being studied because people cannot understand how the human mind works. And some people who are in life who are even exposed to higher energies, higher vibrations in the spirit, they see the world differently. And they come in the world of men and do things that will amaze you. I was reading something about Elon Musk. And uh, he confessed openly recently and he said that he has, he's, he's on the autism spectrum, Asperger's. He has a medical condition with his mind. There's something about him not knowing. And he one time was speaking to a certain gentleman. <laughs> the fellow, I think, was asking, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you, you know? And he says, Elon Musk in his own words, he says, if I have built the electric car like I have done and I'm taking men on rockets outside this earth, it can only tell you that I could not have a normal mind. There was no way I could have a normal mind. That should tell you I could not have a normal mind. What did you expect, he said. 
What did you expect? My mind could not be normal. And so they check him and they say he's somewhere on the spectrum. So we even have people who do things that are way beyond the usual mind or brain. And some of them are also given spectrums. Some diagnoses or some findings that doctors give are according to how they can interpret the glory in an individual. Sometimes God, I think, has a mind on that too. Somebody shout hallelujah. But above all, that it's beyond the cattle, it's beyond the birds of the field, it's beyond the fish and the water. It's over all the earth, complete authority. Why? Because they bear the image and the likeness of God. Now, when man fell, Adam and Eve, at the forbidden fruit, the knowledge of good and evil closed their eyes from that reality, the image and likeness, and created an inferior opinion or mind about them. That is why man fell. That is why man could die. Because they fell short of a particular image. Somebody shout hallelujah. That is why man became susceptible to disease. Because they fell short of a certain image and likeness. That is why man is susceptible to error and weakness. Because they fell from a certain glory. So, man leaves from a fallen nature. But because that image and likeness is still in there, the essence of God is still in man. With the fallen nature, with the period that they have in life, they're still able to create so much in their fallen nature. Now, when we get to the New Testament and you become born again, God is trying to help you understand what happens to you in that transition. And in Colossians 3, the 10th verse, he says that you have now put on the new man. When you become born again, the Bible says you have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. He brings back that conversation. He is renewing the new man, the fallen man. He's renewing you to a certain knowledge that is after the image because you cannot have a proper estimation of yourself when you have a confused understanding of the image that you carry. Who has understood what I just said? You cannot live the life that you are supposed to live when you behold the wrong image. And from the time man fell, we started having confusion and different opinions and minds concerning our image and ability because we beheld the fallen nature. We beheld the fallen nature. We began to understand man from the first man or two, three people we saw. And what we beheld as we were growing up as children was of a fallen nature. And so we have fed on that generation after generation and we assume that that's the place of humanity. In fact, certain Christians are so bent on being human than they are being children of God. And you don't blame them. Why? Because this is the image that the world has been carrying since the fall of man. So man is educated under a system as they are fallen from the image which is fallen. 
man understands from the image which is fallen. Man builds all possibility from the image which is fallen. Man builds sciences from the image that is fallen. Man has defined social systems and economic strata from the image that is what? That is fallen. Man has built houses from the image that is fallen. Man has built dignity and integrity. It has drawn politics and philosophies from the image that is fallen. The gods of man were built after the images of men. Look at the Greeks. Look at the Greek gods. Because that was so hard to understand what it's like to carry the image of God. You realize that when you go and study the Greek gods, they are all built against the weaknesses of men, the foibles of men, the emotions of men, the sensitivities of life, the way of life for man, the narrations of human life. All Greek gods are around. They have built their life from the image of man, the God of marriage, the God of war, the God of terror, the God of wellness, the God of the sea, the God of that. So everything that they build is based on how they can interpret the image of man in his most fallen nature, and then they build a God out of that. And I'm going to come to that a bit later. So because of human weakness, the ideas that we can draw from this image that is limited can only minister comfort to our spirits, but it cannot elevate humanity to the place God has invited us through Christ. It's not possible. And so even when you come to some of our African gods, some of you know them, you realize they are always against human image. That is why human beings are called by the names of those gods. Because as far as they could stretch, then their image and revelation, then they can define a God around that. They can define a God around that. It's just Greek gods and African gods. But how many other aspects in life, how many ideas have been built around the image of man? So, who told you that you can't do this? You learned it when you were growing up that human beings are not able to do this because you've had examples of the human beings that have tried to do beyond that and have failed. And so you assume that it's not possible for a human being to do that. That is why Jesus becomes a big problem. Because you see, <laughs> they're talking with this guy. He goes afar off one day and they're on a boat and they see a human being walking on water. Somebody shout hallelujah. What has happened to gravity? The force that pulls all these things down. And the Son of God is not subject to that life, but is eating food like them. He's sleeping like them. He wears clothes like any other normal man. He has a body, it pumps blood. He breathes oxygen, but he is walking on water. What they sought to kill was the life that projected an image that was contrary to the images they had built and the idols of those images. In fact, the literal translation of the word image, when you go and study the Hebrew there, is idol. Also means idol. 
So they created idols from human weakness. They created idols from human possibilities and capabilities. But the fallen nature of man. And this man comes and he is after another image. He is acting after another likeness. He does a miracle and even his own disciples say, truly you are a son of God. Why? Because they see that this man is different. Of course, there was an exclusivity in the Old Testament by the prophets that God had anointed. You know, and of course we know that in the Old Testament, the power of God used to come upon them. You know, Job speaks of the light that was lit upon him, not in him. Eh? The light of God in Job was not in him. It was on him. The hand of the Lord was upon him. The spirit of the Lord came upon Samuel. You see? So, we do not have an experience, even in the exclusivities of the anointed in the Old Testament, to help us define what it would look like in the New Testament beyond the actions that sort of show us that this is God exerting his life and energy, his hand on them to do miracles, signs, and wonders. But beyond that, that's all we know. And in the new birth, God gets that which was upon these men and puts it inside the believer. Somebody shout hallelujah. Follow me. So when he speaks of the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, the doctrine that we are supposed to be defining in the New Testament is that which bears the image and likeness of God before the fall. Somebody shout hallelujah. Before the fall. There was a reason why man could not die before the fall. There was a reason. Now, somebody can say, you know, we all die. You're right. You're speaking of the image of the fallen man. You're not talking about the image of God. You're not talking about the likeness of God. You're talking about the image of the fallen man. And you're right to say that from your opinion. So if I tell people that it's actually possible to go to heaven without dying, unless they'll say, by the rapture. So ask them, so you have any biblical reason why you say so? Because we have men who even defied biblical reason. Enoch. Elijah. Somebody shout amen. Now that's a very hard conversation. Because I'm dealing with thousands and thousands and thousands of years that have been transferring information, genes, DNA, and communication in traditions, in songs, in folklore. And all of this is there to take us to a place of agreeing with our fallen nature. That is why some Christians cannot even believe God to keep them to have a full life. They sit somewhere and think, I could die any day. So said, but you know why you could die any day? Yeah, you don't know the plans of God. You know, some of you Boston say, yeah, but you don't know the plans of God. And I know where they're speaking from. Let me demystify something. Allow me, allow me. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, 
verses 19. He says that that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it to them. He says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are, not will be, clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. Every invisible thing of God from creation has now been clearly revealed to the sons of God. Now, the fallen man can say, even bring a doctrine in church and say, you know, the ways of God are beyond comprehension. The ways of God, you see, are beyond comprehension. Yes, for the fallen man. He's right for the fallen man that the ways of God are beyond what? Comprehension. He's right. But God has told you, the believer, that everything that is known of God is in you. If we know God to know all, then that which knows all is inside you. Somebody shout hallelujah. And he says everything is clearly seen and it is being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power. And he says even the whole Godhead in your spirit is a revelation. And he says now you are without excuse. You're without excuse. So people say, oh, you know, God is so hard. His ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. That is not in the New Testament. That is in the Old Testament. The new man has been renewed after the knowledge of the image of him that created him. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout amen. amen. He says that because you have this new man, you have the very thoughts and attitudes. He says, for who has known the mind of Christ that he may instruct him? He says, but we have the mind of Christ. The Amplified Bible says, who has known or understood the mind, the counsels and purposes of the Lord? Who has known them? Who has known them? Now we're speaking a bit like the guy in the Old Testament. Who has known the purposes of God? Who has known the mind of God? Who has known the counsel of God? But he says, and can instruct him and give him knowledge. He says, but we have. He says, but we, but we, 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 but we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah. And we do hold, the Bible says, the very thoughts and feelings, the very thoughts and feelings and purposes of his heart. What a powerful thought. The question is, can you believe it? Can you believe it? Can you dare to believe? Because this is not a place that you access by reading so much. No, it's in you. The knowledge of God is in you. He says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. The Amplified Version says, because you, the priestly nation, have rejected knowledge. It's not that it's not available to you. We have just rejected that knowledge and we have settled for forbidden wisdom. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says, ye have rejected knowledge. Ye have rejected knowledge. They're not seeking in a place of not finding. No, they have refused to connect to what is already available for them. Think about it. 
Do you know what is available for you as a child? Do you even have a clue? And I hope that as I'm preaching, your eyes are opening to all possibility. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, like these people, Paul is trying to tell them. In verses 21, Romans 1, again, when he speaks of eternal power, that men are without excuse. He says, because that when they knew God, the Bible says they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image, the word comes back again, into an image make like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. That is why they are worshipping animals. So they are worshipping cows. They are worshipping lions. They are worshipping monkeys. They are worshipping snakes. They are worshipping all these kinds of things. Why? Because they have failed to understand what that image looks like. And so whatever could give them power, whatever would influence their spirits in two places higher than they're able to interpret with their mind at that particular point, they will make an idol over. They refuse to yield to what God has given them and then they go down to the fallen nature. But even in that world, they still have results. They still have results. They're worshipping small gods. And it's not that these gods are giving them some. But inside there, the essence of God stars face. Even to the wrong God. But you see, because that essence of faith is there in man, somehow you find that they still create and are able to demonstrate that life. But they're still yet ignorant about that ability and image that only is in God. The essence of his power and subsistence, they don't understand it. But because there's a seed in them, there's something that God has planted in them. Even in their ignorance. You see the book of Psalms speaks of the children of Israel and how he punishes them. And then they come to him repenting. <laughs> and the Bible somewhere says that the Lord beheld that even though they were sorry with their minds, but not with their heart, either way, because of his faithfulness, he forgave them. Think about it. Now, that's the God you're dealing with. He knows they don't understand it. He knows they are not sorry from the heart. But because even their minds are enough to turn to God, he says he saw that their hearts are not sorry. He would have been like many people and said, you know what? There's no point in forgiving them. Why? Because you see, I see their minds. Their minds are sorry, but their hearts are not sorry. They're anyway going to do that again. But the love and mercies that God has towards man is so amazing. It's so amazing that God, even when he knows man is not 100% sorry, there's still something in him to do evil and divert from the course. Because there's even the thought of I'm sorry in my mind. The Bible says because of that, he forgave them. Now get that very principle and put it in the world. That for some years they're worshipping idols out of ignorance. But the essence of God is in there. The assignments and purposes of God are in there after that image and likeness. So in spite of the fact that they're looking to another God, still when they choose to believe, God sometimes responds to their piety in their genuine ignorance 
and then he works a wonder for them. And some of them think that it's those idols. But consequently, some, of course, we know what happens in the end. Some of them are destroyed into wickedness because Satan consumes and deceives men to the end of destruction. And he's taken advantage of that because he knows God is merciful to give rain and food even to the heathen. And a man can think that some demon God has given that rain and that food. Let's come back to us. When you put on the image and likeness of God, and it says this man has been renewed. He's not being renewed. He has been renewed after the image of him that created him. But in knowledge, you see, the renewal here is knowledge. That means he has reset your attitude. He has reset your opinion. He has reset your ideals. He has reset your understanding back to the man which bears the image and likeness of God. And the more you yield to that image and understand what is available for you, the more the world that watches you, the spirit realm that is around you starts to respond to that image because it responds to the knowledge of that image. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now we go back to that responsibility. In Romans 8, 29, he continues down. He says, for whom he did foreknow, listen, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be, listen, conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among his brethren. When he saw you coming, he sent Jesus Christ to help you. And he knew that you were the right candidate to be alive. You were the right candidate to demonstrate the life of Christ. And so when he saw that you were coming, he conformed you to that image. He built every energy and life that concerns you to agree with that image. Everything within you agrees to the image of God. Everything within you agrees to the likeness of Jesus Christ. Everything within you, everything within you, you were wired that way. Sumorphosis. You were adjusted to that life. You were designed to that reality. The new birth, I'm talking about the Christian. What the fallen nature tries to become, ye are way beyond. Somebody shout hallelujah. They're trying to achieve from a fallen nature. They're trying to become like God. But the Bible says, but ye are gods. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, how, he says, can the foundations of the world be out of course? He says, it's only because they walk in darkness and they're without understanding. He says, I have said that ye are gods and all of you are children of the most high. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says, ye are gods and children of the most high. Now, let's go back to that image. Let's go back to that likeness. Think about it. Authority. Complete authority over the world. And because when you knew God, you did not worship him as God. You zeroed him down to certain images. You think God is only able to give you rent. 
and you have testimonies of rent because that's where you think God is. No, God says in Psalms, ask ye of nations. That's where he is. God doesn't want to give you your next rent check. He wants to give you nations. He says, ask ye of nations. The message version says, ask ye of nations as presents and continents as prizes. He says, whatever you want, I shall give it to you. He is here. He's saying, ask for a nation. And you're asking for a 50 by 100 plot. Somewhere in Sisa. To build a retirement home. Look at you. You're in court battles fighting over 50 decimals of land. 20 years, you're fighting over 50 decimals of yarn. And God has given you the whole world for an inheritance. You knew God, but you worshipped him, not as God. And neither were you thankful. Because when a man understands the real image and likeness they carry, their life is a life of thanksgiving. It's not a life of begging. It's a life of thanksgiving because you are open to a world of possibility. When the Bible says that with God, all things are possible, brothers and sisters, that's exactly what it means. Expand your world of possibility. Start to dream things that even the chair you seated on the day you dreamt melts before you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Dream things that men will start putting you on a certain spectrum if you have to. For, he says, the gospel is foolishness to them that are perishing. But to us that believe, the Bible says it is the power of God unto salvation. How can we be believers and we are not in complete authority? We expect born-again believers to be the presidents of nations. We expect born-again believers to be the leaders in every atmosphere, in every sphere of life, in every institution, in every university, in every college, in every social system, in every economic system. He's saying, you shall be the heads and not the tails, above and not beneath. That is exactly what he meant. You cannot be normal. You cannot be normal. Somebody shout hallelujah. You cannot be normal. You cannot accept to be normal. Refuse to be conformed to the image of the fallen nature. Some of you, the way you look at money, you look at it with a certain image. The way you look at the blessing of God, you look at it with a certain image. The way you look at health, you see it from a certain image. The way you look at life, you look at it from a certain image. You've disqualified yourself from the things that God has availed for you in Christ because you behold the fallen image as of that of beasts, animals, and creatures of the earth. You are like the fallen world, yet the fallen world has already done a lot in their fallen nature. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let me give you an example. When you enter a place with demonic activity and you bear the image and likeness of God, on top of that, now as a new creation, you have the life of God in you. 
you don't only carry the outward representation, that is the image, or the shape and form, the likeness, but you also carry the very likeness of God in you. And you come before an area where witchcraft is. How do you react or respond to that kind of experience? One time I was in Hong Kong, and I'd gone for a conference there, a couple of preaching engagements. And so I'm in uh, the hotel, and I'm bored. And I have not much to do before the man of God gets in the pulpit to preach. And so I get these uh, women that were with us and the gentlemen. And we come up with the idea, I tell them, why don't we go street preaching? That's how I see like that. I told them, why don't we go street preaching? Yeah, Hong Kong, biggest part of it is English speaking. So you can street preach. Why don't we go street preaching? Because I was bored. So I said, okay, let's go street preaching in Hong Kong. So in the evening, we go walking, we go walking. And there was this man. <laughs> He's a teacher of theology, I recall well. And so we get to a place somewhere in Hong Kong. They've designated a huge yard where, you know, the people of the world do their witchcraft. You know, you have astrologers there, you have soothsayers, you have palm readers, you know, you have. Um, tarot card readers, you have all manner of witchcraft. So they have a certain square where you go. You know, these guys who read things through the glass, they're there, they're in a certain area. Perhaps in that area you could find about 300 of them and they're all scattered. So you're free to go there and then they tell you a destiny and stuff like that. So as we're approaching the place, so tell me, that's where those guys do it. So I tell these guys, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. So as we're going, this guy stands and says, oh, you know what? I'm not going to come. Sorry. So I told the guy, why? So man, those demons? No, no. I'm not at the level to deal with those demons. I was so shocked. Eh? I was so shocked that this man was a teacher in a ministry in Hong Kong and was teaching some fellows theology. And when we get to that place, he fears to enter because he cannot trust that he will stand the demonic activity in the area. What image did he behold? So we enter this place. We go preaching. So as I'm walking on my left, there's this lady, she puts her eyes on me, standing, and she cannot stop looking at me. So I say, uh-huh, first candidate. I walk there. And then I enter her tent. And she says, ah, oh, this man is of light. This man is of light. Light everywhere. Light everywhere. She, she could see that I'm a man of light. And so when she starts from there, now I start preaching and praying over her. Because she saw that I'm a man of light. You see what I'm saying? And then you have a Christian who can't switch off a light at night. Uh oh Even funnier. The light can't switch off light at night. Can you imagine? The light. He says, you are the light of the world and a city that is set on a hill. The light cannot switch off a light. The light cannot switch off a light at night. Because they fear. They can't go out at night. How? Why? What if somebody comes and punches? You understand? What image? What is in your head? Somebody shout hallelujah. That's an example. But when you go financially, it's how Christians think. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. If you go health-wise, it's how Christians think there are people in this world who if they don't go to a doctor to tell them what's wrong with them, they can't heal. They have. Somebody was telling me somebody, a friend, she told me, she has a friend, this lady tells her that the moment she enters a doctor's room, she feels she's healed. <laughs> Look at that face. Look at that face. If somebody has that much faith, you just need to give them a placebo. A drug with no nutritional interpretation. They'll be okay. I'm not saying that it's wrong to go to doctors. I'm only saying that people, when they feel cough, <coughs> the first thing that comes to their head, doctor, not God. Because they have a certain image that they're dealing with. Every pain in their body, somebody has to look through. If it doesn't take a man's hand to operate them, they cannot be healed. Oh, oh, God help you. God help you. You have been renewed, the Bible says, in the knowledge of the image of him that created you. So he's saying, carry that attitude in life. When you stand in the nation, look at it like you have authority over it. Complete. When you stand in a society, look at it like you have complete authority over it. It doesn't matter who is there and who isn't there. When you stand at that business, even if you're an employee, yes, serve your bosses as unto the Lord, but have this thing within you that I'm here on purpose, not survival. That's the attitude. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so in the place where the sons of God and daughters of the Almighty are supposed to have dominion, they are surviving. They're slaves in nations. And they earn like slaves in nations. They look at their lives from a fallen perspective. Who told you that you're supposed to die at 70? That was Moses' idea. It wasn't God saying. There are people who have lived beyond 70. And they're not living by reason of strength. No. They're living by reason of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says that you shall die like men. He said it in Psalms 82. He says, ye are gods, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Meaning you're not supposed to die like men. You're, you're not supposed to die like men. Let men die that way. We go to heaven like children of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Tell yourself I refuse to die like men. Say I refuse to fall like one of the princes. Somebody shout amen. I refuse to think of money like the fallen world. Say it. I refuse to look at wealth like the fallen world. Say it. Somebody shout hallelujah. The greater one is inside you. The life of God is inside you. When you go to the world, you're going to prosper. When you go to the world, you're going to change things. When you go to the world, you're going to transition from glory to glory. When you enter the world, things are going to agree with you. In the name of Jesus. When you enter the world, you enter favored. When you enter the world, you enter advantaged. When you enter the world, you enter as a solution, not a question. You enter as an answer. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Complete authority. Tell yourself complete authority. I choose to have complete authority everywhere that I will be. That means everywhere you will go, you will be the best in the name of Jesus. You will enter with feet if you have to, but you'll come out differently in the name of Jesus. 
Somebody shout amen. amen. You might enter without a penny. Even without shoes on your feet. But the moment you stay there. That is why I told people, uh-uh. That's why I refused to build ministries in America. No, no, no. I refused to build ministries in Europe. Least they say that my ministry was successful because I began it in America. That my ministry was successful. No, I told God, give me Uganda. This third world country. Let us make it first world and let them fly from across the world. Let them come and inquire of our God and it shall be so and not otherwise. He says you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. I believe it with every fiber of my being that I'm beyond a first class citizen. I'm beyond a first class citizen. That's, that's them rating men. No, no, I'm not even in the class to be rated. Even me, I fear myself. I don't know who I'm talking to. Somebody shout hallelujah. We are entering a time where they're going to start fearing Christians because of the things that you're going to start to do. Now the knowledge of the truth is here and we are conformed to that image. We are agreed to that image. When you stand before a devil, it sees God. When you stand before any door, it sees God. When you stand before darkness, it sees God. When you stand before poverty, it sees God. When you stand before sickness, it sees God. You can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. That's the image. That's the image. Shabarebo delebadaka. I refuse to be deceived by what I see. I refuse to be deceived by the money on my account. I refuse to be deceived by the gold and silver available to me. I refuse to even be deceived by my age to think that God cannot work. Listen, God can do something tomorrow morning. God can do something next week on your life that can go down in the history of mankind. Somebody shout hallelujah. It took our Lord only three years to effect human history for the rest of its existence. Three years only were enough. How long do you think you need with God? And he says, greater work shall you do because I go to the Father. That means I don't need three years. I just need a particular moment. Somebody tell God, create that opportunity for me. Create an opportunity for me to display your life. For me to display your power. For me to display your authority. For me to display your loving kindness. For me to display your anointing. For me to display your glory in my lifetime. Refuse to be a normal man. Refuse to be a normal woman. God has invited you to a certain place. And when you became born again, that man is renewed. He's renewed. It's inside him. He knows the ways of God. He knows the thoughts of God. He knows the ideals of God. He knows the plans of God. He's agreeable to them because he is one. The voice of God is not far from the man, the new man in Christ. No, the voice of God is near to the new man. It's near. The voice of God is near. Somebody shout hallelujah. I want you to just raise your voice and speak in other tongues. Create something. Create a reality of the things you've just heard. Come on, speak in other tongues. Raise your voice wherever you are and create something 
bradelebo sharamando roboza shatabare ko brande kozobodo ko shitalabaye ramako dabazelebo ko branda ko shatarabaye lelebo come and raise your voice ma shatanda bakobrede riabo jarabaye rekesi kataramantere bro rabade shari katalamaye ke brando boza katalaba Jake Bradobo Zika. Come on, speak in other tongues. Kandere Bodo Zelebosha. The Bible says that he that speaketh in tongues buildeth himself up. Father, we thank you. Oh, Mareke Badelebo Cobranda Cosatalabayerebo. Eh, Hayala Lele Mayabo Salalebo. King shall come to my rising. Yeah, cause I am favored and grace. In all I do, I shall prosper. Everything I touch shall be blessed. Help me, why? King shall come to my rising. I am favored and great And all I do I shall prosper Everything I turn Let me speak upon your life in the name of Jesus That you are conformed You were made to be conformed to the image, the idea, the likeness that God has. So I decree that the world responds to you that way. The kingdoms of this world respond to you that way. The economies of this world respond to you that way. The social systems of this world respond to you that way. The politics and philosophies of this world respond to you that way. The sciences and chemistries of this world respond to you that way. You will never fail. You don't fail. You cannot fail. But above all now I add that you're greater than anything that does not know God. Anybody that does not know God. And may God align all things to agree with what you have professed tonight. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Come on, clap your hands to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you have never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him as your Lord and Savior. You just repeat these words after me. You say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and was raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm born again. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 41 466 
1-800-242-4291 or email us at funerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.funero.org or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero, make manifest.